You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef podcast. And joining me today is J.J. Goykachia. He is the director of the Nevada Department of Agriculture, former state veterinarian of Nevada, as well as a leading advocate for the livestock industry, a policy division vice president for NCBA, and a board member for the Public Lands Council. So, J.J., you were here in Washington testifying for the House Natural Resources Committee. What were some of the issues that you raised with the committee? Yeah, well, thank you, Hunter. Uh, some of the issues I brought up today centered around the new proposed conservation rule uh, that the BLM has proposed, and uh, they have very limited public engagement with that. And so we, that was one of the highlights that we wanted to bring forward for Congress and kind of look at how the agency has overreached their authority in our mind uh, with this promulgated rule. So one of the issues you raised was the limited public comment. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the agency sort of stifled the voices of key stakeholders? Sure. Uh, in my time as a leader in local government and our national organizations, I can't remember a rule this size that has ever been pushed forward uh, just as a proposed rule and not having stakeholder involvement or being through the NEPA process. Uh, there were no advanced stakeholder meetings included with local and state government. I can tell you Nevada Department of Agriculture, Nevada governor did not know this was coming, uh, nor did the livestock industry. NCBA and PLC were caught flat-footed, as was everyone else when this came forward. They are now gathering public comment, as they claim, but they're not really taking comments. They're at picking and choosing questions that they will answer, uh, as was evident in the first virtual meeting that they had. And they're only having three in-person meetings across the West, and those are in largely urban settings. And so I think the voices of those that are truly on the ground and will deal with this rule every day are being muted once again. Now, you mentioned the NEPA process, and I know NCBA and PLC have certainly raised concerns with how that process is undertaken, but this proposed rule was put forward without a NEPA review at all. Why is that an issue? The biggest issue I can see, Hunter, is that there's no social and economic impact at all on this. Uh, the BLM is claiming there will be no significant social impact, so therefore the Congressional Review Act is also mute. And I believe that is why they went this route. They knew if they did a NEPA analysis, they would uncover large economic impacts to this proposed rule. And so they just thought they would try to put it through uh, and get outside the, the confines of a Congressional Review Act. So one of the other issues I want to talk about is the path forward here. So now that this proposed rule is out there, um, what are we calling for? What would you like to see the BLM do? At a minimum, they need to expand the comment period and actually make a meaningful comment period. They need to get out in the country. Uh, there are numerous states, California, Idaho, Utah, Montana, the Dakotas, Arizona, New Mexico, just for example, Wyoming. They, they do not have a place to go and have a public meeting. Uh, Denver, Albuquerque, and Reno are the only three cities. So expand this comment period and let the people on the ground that are going to be impacted come forward and have their voices heard. Uh, that is at a minimum. Ideally, I think the rule needs to be withdrawn. And if this is a path they want to go down, start over, go through the NEPA process. It is large enough and nationwide it needs to be an EIS. So as you mentioned, public comments happening in three uh, urban areas, that kind of overlooks the fact that things like public lands grazing and all of the operations that are happening on public lands really benefit rural communities and rural economies. Could you speak to that a little bit and the economic importance of uh, having a really good access to public lands? Sure, absolutely. Everything that happens in our rural and frontier counties centers around multiple use uh, in the West. So if a, if a ranch goes out of business, the grocery store suffers, the parts store suffers, the school district suffers, uh, and, and that revenue 
comes over and over and over again because of those ranching communities. Uh, for every AUM that we put out there, three times that money circulates back around in that economy. And that is critical. And by, again, by going to the urban center and not allowing those people who, this is a very busy time of the year. We've had an unprecedented winter. People are trying to get their livestock out. They're trying to get branded. They don't have time to drive four, six, eight, ten hours to go to a meeting where they may or may not be heard. We need to take this to them and allow for them to give input in an appropriate fashion. So multiple use is obviously something that you deal with every day. You're out there working on both uh, private and public lands with your operation. But for a lot of our folks on the eastern half of the United States, that's a completely foreign concept. So can you just provide a little bit of an introductory explanation of the concept of multiple use and why it's so important for the BLM to, to keep pushing towards that goal? Absolutely. So FLIPMA was passed in 1976, and that is really the, the guiding law for the BLM on multiple use. And it needs to be managed for sustainability for the long term. And that is across the multiple uses from mining to grazing to energy development to recreation, wildlife, everything. Uh, as a rancher in the West, the, the limited pub private lands do not allow you to have a sustainable operation. Uh, and, and, and another thing I'd like to bring up, Hunter, is that if we don't manage those public lands, we're going to see invasive species take over and those crowd onto our private. We're going to see fire threats that obviously, as we've seen in California and Nevada, end up burning private property as they come off of those public lands. So they are really intertwined and there is no way in the West you could separate private and public. They are linked together. So that goes to my next question here. Can you tell me a little bit of the benefits of grazing on public lands and what public lands ranchers like you are accomplishing every day? Absolutely. So I, I like to go back to the fact that I'm a fourth generation and my girls are the fifth generation uh, following those cows on the same trails that my great grandfather did. Uh, so we know the importance of managed grazing. You don't hit the same piece every year uh, at, at the exact same time. When we see invasive species, uh, we can manage them uh, through grazing. That's a wonderful tool, timed grazing. And we also reduce that fuel on those public lands so we don't see these catastrophic fires. And I think that's a lot of what people in the East don't realize. We don't always have that flexibility to do what's right. We have got to ask the permission of the federal agency. Can we address this now? And we can't wait to go through a long process of getting review. So a congressional hearing is certainly not enough time. I think you were up there for, what, a little over an hour and a half? So what is something you would like Congress to know that maybe you didn't have time to address in your testimony today? Sure. Well, we, we kind of hit on some of it, but we didn't get down into the details quite enough. And it's the BLM has exceeded their legal authority here. I did hit on this briefly in the hearing, but the Supreme Court has been quite clear of what federal agencies can and cannot do without congressional delegation and direction. And I think the BLM is well outside that in this case. It is not based on congressional delegation. And uh, Congress needs to take a time out, step back, and make sure that this is done properly so that they can review it. It is Congress's authority to determine how we operate on public lands under FLIPMA. Well, that's J.J. Goykachia, Director of the Nevada Department of Agriculture. Thanks so much for being with us today, J.J. Thank you, Hunter. It's a pleasure. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.